The following is a presentation of the Belly Up Sports Media Network. Here's what's going on today's Sports Stove Podcast. We conclude college football preview with the SEC. And I'm going to defend Baker Mayfield. Didn't see that one coming. That's what's cooking on today's Sports Stove Podcast. From Belly Up Sports and the Belly Up Podcast Network, you're listening to the Sports Stove Podcast with your host, Vince Stover. Welcome in to an all-new edition of the Sports Stove Podcast presented by Righteous Felon Jerky. The best-tasting, best-textured jerky in the land is available at RighteousFelon.com. And you can try it out and get 15% off if you use the code BELLYUP at your checkout uh, as well. I'm your host, Vince Stover, joined by my dad, Dale Stover. Dad, how you doing? Doing good, doing good. Uh, football season is upon us. Uh, Friday night will be the Packers preseason kickoff, so that's exciting times. Uh, lots of football stuff going around. And uh, that's what brings me to our first topic today which is Baker Mayfield. I've been hearing a lot of slander over Baker Mayfield, which I typically wouldn't mind because, I mean, I could care less about Baker Mayfield. But that being said, uh, I I just was surprised by how many people don't like him, don't think he's a good quarterback, think he's just some, you know, backup and whatever it may be. And I started thinking, you know, that doesn't seem to make a whole lot of sense. So I did a little bit of research and, well, I want to take some time on Baker Mayfield before we get to the SEC uh, here tonight. And uh, so, Dad, what I did is I took one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight quarterbacks plus Baker Mayfield, and I did a lot of research on these guys, did some stats and some different things. And uh, really what I want to focus on today, though, well, let me say this. I do not think Baker Mayfield is a superstar. I do not think he is a Hall of Famer. I wouldn't even go as far as to say he's going to lead a team to the Super Bowl. But he's not the worst quarterback in the league. And as a matter of fact, I think he should be starting in the league. Um, And I know he's in a competition with Kyle Trask. And maybe Kyle Trask is good. We haven't seen him play at the NFL level especially. Um, So anyways, uh, so let me start with this, Dad. I did a poll today, and I asked the folks on the Twitter world, Um, If you had to pick a quarterback for your team, which one would you rather have? Jimmy Garoppolo, Daniel Jones, Ryan Tannehill, or Baker Mayfield? Out of those four uh, people, Dad, if you had to pick a quarterback for the Packers, uh, Jordan Love couldn't couldn't make it, and they're going to acquire one of these four, uh, what's the one you're going with? Jimmy G, Daniel Jones, Ryan Tannehill, or Baker Mayfield? Um. Well, I'd probably like to pick someone else, but um, not part of the poll. <laughs> part of the poll, I I would say either Baker Mayfield or Daniel Jones. Fifty-eight percent of our pollsters picked Daniel Jones. Our good friend Kevin Wilson said, "This really isn't that hard of a decision, is it?" The answer is Jones. Uh, Daniel Jones seems to be the obvious pick, being that he's young, he's athletic, he's having success with the Giants. Uh, sure. Um, you and I both, I think relatively like Ryan Tannehill. I think he's overrated, uh, or has been the last two years at the very least, but 
Before that, I actually really liked Ryan Tannehill just in who he was. Jimmy G is known as the no mistakes, uh, nothing fancy, whatever it may be. Ryan Tannehill got 31% of the votes. Jimmy Garoppolo got 8% of the votes. Baker Mayfield comes in last with 3% of the votes. So let me start with these four quarterbacks, Dad. First of all, uh, between these four quarterbacks, they're all very similar in yards. So what I did is I took their uh, total uh, yards, touchdowns, and interceptions and uh, divided that by the games that they played and multiplied it by 17 to get us to a 17-game setting uh, over their career, where they would average out at over 17 games. Uh, they're all about the same in yardage. Baker has 3,900 yards. Tannehill's right around 3,900 yards. Daniel Jones a little lower at 3,600. And Jimmy G even a little bit lower at 3,300. But all in the relative same world with yards. Touchdowns, again, they're all pretty similar. Baker Mayfield, 25 touchdowns over a season. Tannehill, 25 touchdowns over a season. Daniel Jones down to 19 touchdowns per season uh, in a season. And then Jimmy G's at 20 touchdowns. So Baker and Tannehill a little bit better in the yardage, a little bit better in the touchdowns. Interceptions, Baker slightly above everybody else, 15. Tannehill, 13. Jones, 11. And Jimmy G, 9. So my question would be, Dad, is are you willing to give up yards uh, for less less interceptions is basically what it comes down to. I mean, Daniel Jones averaging 300 less yards per season, uh, six less touchdowns per season, four less interceptions per season. So would you value six more touchdowns more than you would devalue four more interceptions? That's the way I look at it, at least. And to me, Baker Mayfield sits in that, that group of guys. I think he sits above Daniel Jones, sits above Jimmy Garoppolo, and is in that Ryan Tannehill category, I suppose, kind of in the middle of the NFL versus at the bottom end of the NFL. Yeah, I would agree with that. I mean, I think he's in, he, he's definitely in the middle. It'll be interesting to see. Um, he'll be in an interesting situation there in Tampa Bay. So I don't know if it's the best spot for him. He does have some receivers there, no doubt about that. So we'll see. That's the truth. Yeah, he's got great receivers down there. But the reality is his whole career has been, since he's been in the NFL, has really been in non-ideal situations. Cleveland, not a great spot. L.A., when he was there, not a great spot. Carolina, not a great spot. So uh, he's not been in a great situation. Tannehill's always had Derrick Henry for the most part since he's been in Tennessee. Daniel Jones has Saquon Barkley. Now, granted, Daniel Jones did not have the wide receiver group that he needed this year, you'll have a better receiving core, including tight end. Jimmy Garoppolo, he's had opportunity, but never shines at the very least. But he doesn't throw a lot of interceptions either, doesn't turn it over. Let me give you some other guys, Dad, that are in the similar category. Tua, Tonga Vailoa. You know I'm an anti-Tua guy. I think Tua is as average as they come in the NFL. Tua has less yards per average than Baker, not by much. He's got 3,800 versus Baker's 3,900. Uh, they both have 25 touchdowns average, and Baker does have slightly more interceptions. But if you're going to tell me Tua is drastically better than Baker, you're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong. Tua is average, and that's all there is to it. Uh, how about Jared Goff? He's got more yards, but same touchdowns, similar interception percentage. Kyler Murray, another guy with a lot more yards, well, not a lot more, 200 more yards per average, but the same amount of touchdowns and similar interceptions. 
Uh, Derek Carr, 4,200 yards compared to Baker's 3,900. Uh, 26 touchdowns compared to Baker's 25. 12 interceptions compared to Baker's 15. They're the same. They're right in that same category. And then, Dad, I looked one up just for you. Dak Prescott. You are an anti-Dak Prescott guy. You think he is a miserable excuse for a quarterback. Am I, <laughs> I, am I saying that right? Uh, how, how do you view Dak Prescott in the quarterback world? I wouldn't say miserable excuse. I don't think he's going to lead the Cowboys to the Super Bowl. Um, but again, I, I think, you know, you probably have him in the right category where you got some of these, um, some of the guys that you're mentioning here. I think you've got them in the next bracket um, with him and Carr and guys like that. So uh, thanks for watching uh, Morgan Man Sports. Good podcast. Uh, Atlanta based, uh, lots of Atlanta coverage there. Mayfield's a great player, just needs to be in the right system. I don't think Tampa is a great situation as well. We agree with you there, although he does have better receivers. Overall, not a not a great situation. All right, back to Dak Prescott because Dad, I know you would put Baker and Dak in the same category. You'd put them together, right, in that similar situation. Um, I you know I would say Dak Prescott's a little bit ahead of Baker Mayfield. Oh but- my goodness, mark it down. Hang on, I got to text our Dallas Cowboy friend. Dad just said something positive about Dak Prescott. Um, okay. <laughs> Uh, well, you're right. He is a category above Baker, at least one category, if not more. He's got 500 uh, more yards on average. He's got four more touchdowns on average and four less interceptions on average. Uh, Dak does not fit in this category. He's above these other guys. But Baker's in the same category as Tannehill, Tua, Jared Goff. Uh, he's above Daniel Jones. Uh, same category as Kyler. Same category as Derek Carr. And I think he's above Jimmy Garoppolo as well. Now, I didn't you know, look at rookies, and I didn't look at uh, the first-year guy like uh, Jordan Love, although I'd take Jordan Love over, over Baker any day of the week. Um, that being said, I, I would probably take the rookies, the uh, C.J. Stroud. I'd probably take um, – uh, 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 oh, no, I just slipped this name. Uh, Bryce um, from – what's his last name? Bryce. Oh, no. Yes, thank you. Bryce Young from Alabama over at Carolina as well. So I'd probably take them over over Baker, but it's because they're unknown. We don't know what they are, and you always have that uh, think that they're going to be greater than they are possibly as well. Um, but, I mean, I'd take Baker over Tua, and I would do it in a heartbeat, Dad. I mean, a heartbeat. And I know I'm guessing you don't agree with me on that. Um, no, if Tua's healthy, I think he's much better than Baker Mayfield. I think, you know, health has been the issue and that's going to be the issue with him till he proves he can play a season there. But as far as ability is concerned, um, being quarterback, I would much rather have Tua. Um, Again, you know, the the health issue is is the big thing with him. Um, He hasn't had a chance to really prove himself yet. And um, he's got a great team with him too. You know, that's the same way Dak Prescott has a better team with him, you know, than Baker's had. So I'm saying if you put Baker on Miami with that offense, they are, they're better. Uh, you say, well, Tua, if you could, you know, he just got a chance to stay healthy. He's had a chance to stay healthy. He can't do it. That's part of who he is. Uh, Baker, he, he has stayed healthy, um, and to a degree. And so I would take him, I'd take Baker over Tannehill. I'd take him over Tua. Uh, I take him over golf, although golf, I, they're different players. Um, I take him over Daniel Jones after doing this research. 
I'd still take Kyler Murray over him. I'd still take Derek Carr over him, uh, but I'd take Jimmy G. So, uh, so there you have it. I think I think Baker Mayfield's getting the raw end of this deal, uh, and I don't think he's been given a legit opportunity. I think you put him on a decent team. I think you put him in New York with the Giants. I think they're better than they are with Daniel Jones. Now, Daniel Jones adds that athleticism and things like that. I get all that. And you look at the stats, you, you're missing out on some things. But I think I'd like Baker better than Daniel Jones. I think uh, in the, the Jets, after Aaron Rodgers retires, I think Baker would be an awesome fit there. I think Baker Mayfield is a really good football player. And I think he's proven that with his stats. And I think if you ever get him in a decent situation, a real opportunity, uh, I think he'll shine there. So, like I said, he's not taking Tampa to the Super Bowl. He's probably not even taking Tampa to the playoffs this year. Uh, but he fits in a category above where he gets ranked. Most people have him just as a backup quarterback, and I don't think that's what he is. I think he's a legit top, I'd say, top 22 player quarterback in the league right now. Maybe higher than that. That's just a quick guess off some numbers. Uh, so I put him as a top 20, top 22, somewhere in that range uh, for the NFL quarterback rating. So maybe we'll look more at that as we get into the football stuff, the NFL stuff, and we can figure out um, where we rank the quarterbacks as a whole. Because let's face it, there's a lot of quarterbacks to rank right now, um, and that'll be a fun thing. Actually, I've got a plan for that, Dad, that I haven't talked to you about yet, so I won't <laughs> say it on here. Uh, but I've got a fun Fun little uh, thing that we're going to do this this NFL season with quarterbacks. Okay, I do, I do think one of his strengths though would be leadership. I think he's a guy that can be you know like provide leadership on a team and definitely inspires teammates. So I think that would be a strong thing uh, with Baker Mayfield, and that might be what could help him do well in Tampa and turn things around. Yeah, I think leadership's the right word. I view it differently. Um, I think I think he's a good rallier. Um, he rallies people, and that might be the same thing. But I don't I don't look at Baker and go great leader as far as an example to follow in all things. And but he's been able to rally the troops um, in college and to some degree in the NFL at times too. So um, yeah, that's fair. That's fair to say as well. Um, all right, Baker Mayfield played in the soon to be SEC powerhouse Oklahoma. Uh, so we're going to talk about the SEC today, not Oklahoma. We already talked about them, but we're going to cover the SEC as we conclude our college football preview, which means that we're getting into the NFL preview here soon, uh, which is very, very exciting. Uh, any NFL stuff, by the way, before we switch over, I guess, to the SEC, anything else from the NFL you want to talk about? No, I don't, I don't think anything, you know, from the NFL, it was kind of interesting, the, the, the flap that's going on in Washington about Eric Bieniemy. Um, and I'm not sure the coach was being real supportive there. That was a little puzzling, um, but um, that was kind of interesting. Wasn't expecting that, but uh, otherwise, no. Like I said, we're starting preseason games, you know, this weekend, and um, and we'll see. Hopefully, people can stay healthy, and we'll go from there. Yeah, I want to hear more about the the uh, Washington situation. It sounds to me like it's not that big of a deal. Um, and it just kind of, you know, just kind of happened, whatever. Um, I'm not too, too concerned about that. Uh, but it'll be interesting to see if anything does come from it for sure. Uh, no doubt about that. Uh, let's see here. Packers Elgin Jenkins escorted off after a brawl with Bengals. 
Uh, that's on ESPN.com. Uh, so I'll have to look into that some more. Offensive lineman for Green Bay uh, getting getting sent away after beating somebody up. So, anyways, let's get into college football SEC uh, preview as we've been through all of our other ones. We've already done Big 12, ACC, Pac 12, and Big 10. Make sure you go back and listen to those if you missed those episodes. Dad, let's get into the SEC and we'll start with the uh, Alabama Crimson Tide head coach Nick Saban. There's a QB battle going on. This is not the first time we've seen this in Alabama. Uh, they're one of the the one, uh, maybe the only powerhouse college program who has had more quarterback battles than any of the other ones that go on. It seems as though Jalen Milroe is the leader uh, there, but um, nonetheless, they do have a competition going on. They did add a new OC in Tommy Reese, which is a pretty huge hire, if you ask me. They've got a great offensive line, great running backs, great defense. This is a team that we all know is going to be dangerous. Ten and a half is their win total, Dad. Uh, the SEC is going to be top-heavy again this year. How do you feel Alabama's sitting coming into this season? Well, Alabama, of course, is you know going to be always going to be good. I think they always will be with Nick Saban. Um, I looked at it though at ten and a half. I'll go under because I think they could lose two games this year, and then that would put them at ten. Um, but we will, because they got you know Texas, they've got to beat, and then um, you know several teams in the conference. So um, ten and a half, I'll go under. But I wouldn't. I, I, they ought to probably get ten wins. All right, so but you're not you're not predicting the two losses that they're getting, like who who they're losing to. Um, no, I mean if I had to say it, I'd say Texas and Tennessee, but we'll see. Interesting. I'm going to go over. I think Alabama rebounds after a so-called down season. Um, they do have some tough battles, no doubt about it. But uh, I go I go over. I think they get to 11 wins this season and are back at the top there of the SEC. Um, interesting for sure. I mean, how long is Nick Saban going to be around? Um, I would think, you know, we're coming to the end here, um, you know, in another maybe three or four years. And I think part of it depends on how, if they keep winning national championships, but I, I think if, if all of a sudden, and, and he may not be the class of the conference anymore, and he's got a lot of competition coming in. Um, he's a legend. He's done everything he needs to do. Um, I don't know that he has, you know, any major health issues or whatever. Um, but you know, I, I think he'll want to walk away while he's on top. And, um, so I, I would think the next couple of years would make sense, but we'll see. Yeah. We've seen that some with the basketball guys, it seems like the NIL and all the extra things going on now is it's kind of weighing the transfer portal kind of weigh in on coaches. Um, especially these older coaches. So, um, yeah, we'll see. But I think this year they're back, uh, needless to say. Next up is Arkansas head coach Sam Pittman and returning K.J. Jefferson. There's some interesting expectations for Arkansas this year. The offense should be fine. The defense added 10 transfers to it. Uh, so we'll see how that plays out. Defense, I think, is a concern in Arkansas. Sam Pittman seems to have them headed overall in the right direction, but the SEC is tough. Seven wins is what their win total is set at, Dad. How do you feel about Arkansas? Um, well, one, you know, I've always liked Arkansas, even when I was younger, and then I've had friends. But um, I, I think Arkansas will go over seven wins. I think they could be a little bit of a surprise in the conference. 
Why, why have you always liked Arkansas? Like, is there something like that? I, I don't know. When I was a kid, you know, I always remember the big Arkansas-Nebraska games and different things like that. And Arkansas was just one, um, you know, one that I liked. I always liked the Razorback logo. I thought that was kind of neat. And then, you know, um, you know, later on, you know, the, I think the people were talking about that were big Arkansas fans from Arkansas. And so I just continued to be positive about that. You know, um, Garlene Dude Lewis doing Wooey Pig Suey, um, you know, that was a good thing. So, yeah, um, that's funny. I can understand cheering against Nebraska. That makes sense. Um, but, uh, Arkansas seven, I I'm going over seven. I see them getting to like eight wins somewhere in that range. Um, there again, they're, they're a team that's dangerous. A, a lot of these teams, we've looked at this in the other conferences too. There's kind of a lot of middle of the road teams that could go either way, right? They, they could either win eight to nine or lose, you know, or only win five to six. I mean, it's, they're in a weird spot. They've got to win the right games, all that kind of stuff. But I think I'll go over seven with Arkansas. Uh, Auburn brings in a new coach, but familiar to the SEC fans, Hugh Freeze, uh, back in town, Peyton Thorne, the quarterback, uh, they have been ranked. Auburn has been the best transfer portal recruiting team this year. Uh, so they've been active in the portal. They've got a really solid secondary, which is going to help against some of these past happy SEC teams that are there as well. Um, first year for Hugh Freeze back in the SEC. Seven is the number for Auburn. How do you feel about them? Um, well, you know, any anytime you've got a lot of transfers in, you just don't know for sure how that's going to go. And with it being at seven again, um, to quote you, I hate to do this, but that yeah. one I will push because um I, I can't say, boy, they ought to lose, you know more than seven, but looking at their schedule and looking at the strength of the SEC, I'm not sure they can win more than seven. Um, they're going to be one of those teams that will have an effect on other teams. They win a couple games, they'll have more, and that'll that'll knock somebody else down, but I'm not sure how Auburn will do on that. Yeah, I'm under seven for the first year under Hugh Freeze. I think he will start to build them back up. Um, I think it'll take some time to get to a, even SEC championship level, but uh, I don't think year one's the year they're going to do it. So I'll go under seven for Auburn. To me, that's an easy under, too. Like, I see them at five five wins, somewhere in that range. Uh, Florida up next, Billy Napier, head coach. They bring in Graham Mertz from Wisconsin as their quarterback, and I think this is the best uh, quarterback addition in the SEC. I really like Graham Mertz, and I think this is going to be a big deal for Florida. The offense should be balanced now. They've got a good run game. Merch should help the uh, the pass game. The defense is the question in Florida, but they got a low number, Dad. Five and a half for Florida, and I think Graham Mertz automatically gives them six wins, so I'm going over for Florida. Um, well, I, again, I looked at their schedule, and it's hard for me to think looking at a Florida team, but uh, I'm going to go under. And of course that would keep them out of a bowl game and that would be surprising, but I think they're really having to rebuild. And again, when I looked at the whole schedule and you look at these teams, like you said, that are middle of the road teams, um, I think they'll get the best of Florida. Um, but it, you know, Florida won't be down for long. I mean, you've got to always have good players there. Um, but I'm strangely enough, I'm going to go under. All right, so I'm pulling up their schedule real quick. Uh, they got Utah to start the season. That's a tough one. McNeese yep. State, that's a win. 
Tennessee, that's a loss. Charlotte, that's a win. Give me two. Uh, Kentucky, I think they beat Kentucky, even though it's at Kentucky. That's three. Vanderbilt, they're going to beat them. That's four. South Carolina's tough. Georgia's incredibly, that's a loss. Arkansas's a, a flip a flip of the coin. Uh, Missouri, I'll give them a win there. That's five. So Arkansas and Florida State are the two games that they got to win to get to get to six wins. Uh, one of those two. Florida State will be tough too. So it's a tough one. I just think that Billy Napier's headed the right direction, and I think Florida gets the over this year. Not by much, six or seven wins. But again, when you're talking about Missouri, Kentucky, I, to me, they're all in that same category. And whoever wins those battles ends up on the positive side. Whoever loses them ends up on the negative side. Uh, that brings us to Georgia. Uh, I'm not sure if you've ever heard of the University of Georgia or not, Dad. They've they've done okay over the last couple of years. Kirby Smart, head coach. New quarterback is Carson Beck. Uh, they got back-to-back champions. Can they go back-to-back-to-back is the question. Of course, they've got a great offense. They lost some big pieces on the defense, but as we know, Georgia, they don't rebuild. They just retool or reload, however you want to say it. 11.5, Dad, is the number, meaning they got to go undefeated uh, or they don't hit this. How do you go with Georgia? Um, you know, like I said, they're a great team. I think Kirby Smart is a really good coach. Um, they've right. obviously had some distractions and um, – you know, I I think um, I, I, I'm going to go under because I think they'll lose one game. Which game will it be? I don't know. I looked at their schedule. They don't have a very tough schedule in some ways. Uh, but I think they'll have a little bit of distraction. I think whenever they do lose, that'll get their attention, and they may roll right on from there. All right, so they're not going to lose at home. Um, so I'm looking at their road games real quick. Uh, let's see here. UAB, they're not going to lose that one. Uh, no, that's not even on the road. On the road, Auburn. I don't think they're going to lose to Auburn. They're not going to lose to Vanderbilt. They're not going to lose to Florida. They could lose to Tennessee. That'll be the tough one. Tennessee, November 18th. That's about it. I mean, that's the only game on their schedule that looks r- losable. They got Tennessee Martin, Ball State, uh, South Carolina. Could be tough, but it's at Georgia. UAB, Auburn, Kentucky, Vanderbilt, Florida, Missouri, Ole Miss. Then they're at Tennessee and at Georgia Tech. To me, Dad, Tennessee's the only game on that schedule that says that even throws up a red flag to me. And I like Tennessee. I'm a Tennessee fan. I'm going to go over here. I to me, that's just where the numbers tell me Georgia's going to land undefeated again this year. Uh, so I'm going to go. I'm going to go with over Georgia. We'll talk about that more as we get down to the uh, tiers that we break these teams into. Um, Kentucky. Well, the question, by the way, at Georgia is quarterback. Carson Beck comes in. Um, you know, how does he do? Uh, that's what it all comes down to at the end of the day. But what we've seen out of Georgia these last several years is they're going to be just fine. Uh, Kentucky is next. Mark Stoops, the head coach at Kentucky. He's probably the most successful coach at Kentucky. Uh, uh, Devin Leary comes in from NC State, a pretty big pickup. Of course, they had Will Levis the last two years. They're hoping Devin Leary can come in and do what's necessary there. They get Liam Cohen back. He was the offensive coordinator uh, two years ago. Then he went to the Rams uh, to work with the Rams. Now he's back at Kentucky. That's a big deal for the offense. Liam Cohen changes the way this team looks. They are always good at running the football. Uh, They're not always good at passing the football. But this year, they're supposed to have top-tier wide receivers and a really good quarterback. Can they make the most of it? 
The defense was good last year, holding teams to 19.2 points per game. But what I know about Kentucky is when it comes down to it, the one that they have to win, they don't win. Their win total data is at six and a half. How do you sit with Kentucky? Um, again, you know, looking at the schedule and looking at the middle of the pack teams, um, they're going to be right in there. And I think they're going to win some and lose some. Um, I, I, you know, I'm not necessarily a big Kentucky fan, but um, I would think they would win seven. So I'm going to go over. Um, but they're going to be one that's in there in those four or five different teams in the middle. Um, you know, it could go either way. And I think it could be a very disappointing season for them if they lose a couple of those close ones in there. They should go over six and a half. I'm going over six and a half. Um, they got Ball State and Eastern Kentucky to start the year. They should win both of those. And I'm an EKU fan, an EKU supporter. Kentucky should win those games. They got Akron. They should win that one. They go to Vanderbilt. They should win that one. Florida comes to Kentucky September 30th. This is the beginning of the can you win the ones you're, you need to win. Florida, September 30th. Then they go to Georgia. That's a loss. Then, then Missouri comes to town. Then Tennessee comes to town. Um, I think that's a loss, by the way. Uh, Mississippi State, they play Alabama, South Carolina, Louisville. I, I think they win seven at least. Um, if they can beat a Tennessee, if they can beat a Georgia, um, then that's going to get them up to nine wins, maybe even 10. Uh, I don't think that's going to happen, but nonetheless, uh, it's it's possible. For the first time in my history of doing podcasts, I'm going over on Kentucky. I've always gone under Kentucky, um, but I'm going over. I think they get the seven wins at least uh, this year. Um, okay, LSU, Brian Kelly, uh, second year. Got 10 wins last year. Uh, was it 10 wins? Yeah, I think 10 wins last year. Uh, Jaden Daniels, quarterback. The offense should be incredibly dangerous. Uh, the defense should be solid. And you want to talk about easy schedules? You don't get this super easy schedules in the SEC a whole lot. But LSU, Dad, I mean, they don't have to play anybody. Uh, their number is at nine and a half. Let's start with the schedule, though. How in the world does LSU get that lucky with the schedule? Yeah, I looked at their schedule, and that's, you know, you, you can't argue with that, again, unless some of these teams really step up and surprise them. But, um, you know, LSU's tough. LSU's always going to be tough at home. And um, some of these teams that probably you know, you'd think maybe could surprise them are going to be at home there, you know, in Death Valley. So, um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, yeah, they, they just have a great schedule. So, to me, you had to go over. I think they can get 10 wins. So. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I'm over as well. Let's look at their schedule real quick. They open up at Florida State, or maybe that's a neutral site game, but Florida State, um, that's a tough one. So that's throw it up in the air, coin toss, whichever way happens. Grambling State, that's a win. Mississippi State should be a win. Arkansas should be a win. Ole Miss should be a win. Missouri should be a win. Auburn should be a win. Army should be a win. Alabama, there's a tough one. It's at Alabama. Then they got Florida, Georgia State, and Texas A&M to finish out the year. Uh, yeah, this is a 10-win team, Dad. I think they get 10. I don't think they get over 10, uh, but I do think they get 10 wins just because of how easy their schedule is this year. Uh, Mississippi State is next. They've got a brand-new head coach in Zach Arnett. Will Rogers is the quarterback. they got a new offense that's supposed to be more balanced. Uh, this is a growing year, Dad, for this team. This is 
I don't think it's going to be a pretty year for Mississippi State. The number is six and a half. To me, that's an under, and I'm not too concerned about it. I think this is a rough, rough year for Zach Arnett's first year at Mississippi State. So I go under six and a half. Where do you sit with them? Um, yeah, looking at it, I went under six and a half, but the whole thing will be a couple. Um, you know, you got Arkansas, AM, and Auburn. If they can, you know, win any of those, then that could turn things around. But um, they may very well not win any of those three. So um, I would go under, but they could get six wins and go to a ball. Sure. Uh, Missouri. Eli Drinkwitz is the head coach. Brady Cook, the quarterback. Uh, their offense is headed the right direction. The defense has eight starters returning, so they should be improved as well. I've been very down on Missouri over the years. I don't think they fit in the SEC. I don't like them in the SEC. I don't think they're that great of a team. Six and a half is their number, Dad. I go under Missouri as well. I think six wins is doable. Uh, but I think it's just a little tough year for Missouri as well. Where, where do you sit with them? Yes, I go under on that too. Um, I, you know, they could get six wins. Um, they're a team that you know could struggle, could get surprised. You know, you got an MTSU, you got Memphis there. Um, one of those teams upset them, and then that changes everything. So uh, we'll see. Yeah, uh, Arkansas, Florida, Tennessee, Georgia, South Carolina, Kentucky, LSU, Vanderbilt, Memphis, Kansas State. Middle Tennessee and South Dakota. Um, yeah, I just don't like it. Uh, I don't like it for, for Mizzou this year. Uh, Ole Miss, Lane Kiffin. No, oh, good old Lane. Jackson darts back at quarterback. But they brought in two transfer quarterbacks, Spencer Sanders from Oklahoma State and Walker Howard from LSU. It seems like Sanders could challenge Dart, but it looks like Dart is going to win out that job. Uh, Quinshawn Judkins, he's a sophomore running back. Mark it down. Dark horse for the Heisman this year, Quinshawn Judkins from Ole Miss. Uh, new defensive coordinator. They're trying to improve that defense. It needs massive improvement. The win number is at seven and a half for Ole Miss. How do you feel about Lane and the Rebels? Well, as you know, I, I don't like Lane Kiffin. Um, but when I looked at it, I think you have to go over. I think they can get eight wins. I don't think they're going to challenge for the conference. Um, but as you looked at it, I, I think they go go over and can get eight. I went over also, Dad. I think, yeah, eight wins is, is reasonable uh, for Ole Miss. I agree with you completely. South Carolina, Shane Beamer, he makes uh, headlines for all the wrong reasons. Spencer Rattler, the quarterback, he is uh, overrated. Good running back, but not a whole lot of depth, actually, there. The offensive line is average or possibly even worse. And they've got a bad run defense. All that being said, I'm going over six with South Carolina. Um, I just, I mean, they, they're going to get the seven wins, but they're not a championship contending team, needless to say. How do you sit with South Carolina? No, I went over six wins also, and I think they're a team that could upset a team or two. Again, I don't think they're vying for the conference championship, um, but um, they seem to you know, be headed a little more in the right direction, but I'll go over six. All righty. That brings us to Tennessee. And boy, us Tennessee fans uh, sure enjoyed last season a lot more than we've enjoyed seasons in recent past. Well, in the last 20 years. Uh, Josh Heupel is the head coach. Joe Milton, the quarterback. Um, they've got some big-time losses on offense. Receivers that went to the NFL, quarterback that went to the NFL. Uh, there's question marks there. Brew McCoy, he's the next wide receiver up. 
He'll fit right in place. Jalen Hyatt's gone. Brew McCoy steps up. He'll be great. Uh, Heupel's offense is going to work. It always does. The question comes back to defense. How does the defense look? How can they hold up against the Alabamas of the world? Uh, Tennessee's win total, Dad, is at nine, which is a pretty big deal considering that it wasn't long ago they were getting five, six, seven games. Uh, how do you sit with Tennessee this year at nine wins? Well, again, you know, um, of course, being a Tennessee fan, but I, I do think they're headed in the right direction. I do think they have a, gr- a good coach. And, um, you know, they've recruited well, um, haven't been a number one recruiting team, but they, they've gotten some good players there. And uh, at nine wins, I'll go over. I don't know if they can, you know, can they beat the big two with Alabama um, and Georgia? Maybe they can win one of those games. And again, you know, could, they could get upset by somebody else. But I think they could get 10 wins, and that would be a very exciting for Tennessee and continue to head them in the right direction. Yeah, I'm with you. I got 10 wins. Also, the question mark is Alabama and Georgia. It's at Alabama, home for Georgia. Um, You know, outside of that, honestly, Dad, Joe Milton scares me in the wrong way. Like, everybody's talking about this. Joe Milton's supposed to be great. Maybe a Heisman candidate. I mean, greatest arm out there. All that kind of thing. And, man, if he's that great, why has he been on the bench this whole time? I mean, he's not young. He's been around. And uh, I know Hendon Hooker had a great year, but he couldn't beat out Hendon Hooker. So is he? that means he's not better than Hendon Hooker. So that worries me. I don't know that Joe Milton finishes the year as the starting quarterback in Tennessee. Uh, no, I, I, don't, I don't know that he does either, but they've got a great you know, freshman behind him there. Um, so I think, again, you know, Milton looked good in the bowl game. Um, I'm surprised, yeah. you know, he's done as well. But I, I don't think Tennessee has to worry if Joe Milton's not the answer. They've got another guy and maybe a couple guys, um, you know, that can play. So, um, you know, if I remember right, same way with Hooker, wasn't it? He was behind somebody and then somebody stumbled. And Hooker was behind Joe Milton. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, and then you know he came on. So um, th- th- this freshman they've got the kid, I believe from California, is supposed yeah. to really be good. So, yeah. um, but I'm, I'm, you know, Joe Milton going to have a great year. That'll be fine. We'll see. Yeah, the Florida game will be a big test. Third game of the season. They got Virginia to start the year, then Austin P. And so we might get to see a couple quarterbacks in those two matchups, especially Austin P. Florida game, you're going to have to be on. It's at the Swamp. Tennessee's always struggled down there. Um, so that's you're going to have to be on on point down there. Then you get UTSA after that. So that's, that gives you four four weeks to figure out what you got going on uh, before you get into the, the depth of the SEC battles. Uh, but I as well go over with Tennessee. I got them at 10 wins also. Um, Texas A&M. Jimbo Fisher. I don't think he's hit the mark since he's been at A&M. Uh, Connor Wigman is the quarterback. They've got a lot of talent, but, Dad, this team just fails expectations. Great wide receivers, solid offensive line of running backs. Can the defense develop? That's a big question mark as well. Eight and a half is the number for A&M, Dad, and I'm going under with this one because Jimbo just hasn't gotten the job done while he's been at A&M. When you look at what's been done, yes, I went under eight and a half, but when I looked at their schedule, you know, you're talking a couple games there that they could win. If they can beat Miami, if they can beat A&M, if they could beat Ole Miss, depending on what happens with South Carolina, all of a sudden maybe they could be a team that they were supposed to be. 
Um, but right now, I think just looking at it, they could easily go under eight and a half, be eight or seven wins. I mean, that's the deal, though. You're saying, well, if they can beat Ole Miss, if they can beat South Carolina, they should beat these teams, but we don't have confidence that they will. Um, so, yeah, maybe I'll be shown right. wrong by Joe Fisher, but I'm willing to say under and, and be okay with that. <laughs> um, and that brings us to Vanderbilt. Clark Lee, the head coach down there, I actually like him. I, I think good things can come at some point for them. A.J. Swan, the quarterback, they, they lost their quarterback, which is a big blow to them. Running game is not what it used to be. Passing game, it should be okay. Defense returns seven, but they've been the last in the SEC for two straight years. Vanderbilt's win total, Dad, is three and a half. How do you sit with the Commodores? Um, again, I'm afraid Vanderbilt's back to where they were. They did achieve, did do well last year. Uh, but I think when you look at the schedule, um, up front, you have to go under three and a half, three wins should be about where they're at. Anchor down is the motto in Nashville for Vanderbilt and down is sinking. That's not good. Uh, then I looked at their schedule. I really feel they can get four wins. Um, I don't think that's a successful year for them, but I think they can get the four. Uh, I think Missouri is a game that they could possibly steal. It is at home. Uh, then their non-conference, UNLV, Alabama A&M, Hawaii, uh, maybe even a, an upset of Wake Forest. I don't know. I'm going over at four wins. I still think it's a stinky year. Uh, but I just, I don't know. I got that feeling uh, in my gut. They're going to get to four this year. Uh, so I'm going to go over for Vanderbilt. That's probably the last nice thing I'll say about Vanderbilt this year. Um, let's get into our tiers and where we sit uh, with these teams. And we've got four tiers that we break these into. We go national championship contenders, conference champion contenders. Uh, then the middle of the pack tier and the final tier is what we call our Vanderbilt tier, uh, which is designated for teams that are pathetic. Uh, so let's start with national championship tier, Dad. I've got two teams in this tier. How about you? Um. I've got three. Uh-oh. All right. Who you got? So I've got Alabama, Georgia, and Tennessee. Um, you know, if Tennessee can beat one of the big two, then they could be in the hunt um, there because that would be a big win for them uh, as far as propelling them into things, even though I probably don't expect that. Um, but I, I think I felt like I ought to say three of them. <laughs> I went to. I did Alabama and Georgia. I mean, if Tennessee beats Alabama or Georgia, they're going to have to beat them a second time uh, in the SEC championship game, depending on how it all lays out. Um, I don't know. I'm, I don't have Tennessee there yet. Uh, I've got Alabama and Georgia there as national championship contenders. Conference championship, though, I do have Tennessee there along with LSU. Those are the only other teams I have uh, at conference championship level. How about you? Yes, that's the same thing. I added LSU in there to put four of them that have a chance at the conference. All right, then let's skip down to tier number four, the Vanderbilt tier. Do you have any teams in the Vanderbilt tier? Um, yeah, I debated how many, but I, I just put one. Right. And that's Vanderbilt. Yes, we agree. That's the only one I have as well. Uh, in that level of tier, I, I agree. I think that's all that's there at this moment. 
Um, and honestly, I think they're really the only ones that are that close. Missouri would maybe be the, the one that I would look at next. Uh, but no, I think Vanderbilt's the only one that's down there in that tier uh, as well. And like I said, I'm going over with them, but that's four wins. That's that's nothing. So, um, so yeah, I put Vanderbilt back in that tier as well. Who wins the SEC this year, Dad? Um, Georgia. I yeah. think that's who you have to, you have to preseason call. I agree. I think Georgia's the pick. I mean, again, if Alabama, I just I don't like quarterback battles for top teams in the nation. I think they're still going to be really good, but I've got Georgia winning the SEC. It could be fun up there, though. LSU, Alabama, Tennessee. It could be fun. And again, Georgia has to go to Tennessee. So um, Neyland Stadium will be rocking that night. That's for sure uh, down there. Uh, I'm excited. I applied for my press credential for the Kentucky EKU game uh, and uh, plan on getting into that one and going and covering EKU. Uh, so that'll be the first SEC game I've been to live in quite some time, uh, but uh, excited about that opportunity there. Um, let's talk about playoffs, Dad. Uh, I was thinking about waiting on next week on this, but overall, let's talk about it. four teams are going to make the playoffs again this year. Um, I think it's going to be four conference winners. I don't think you're going to have any uh, two teams from one conference. I think it's going to come down to conference winners. And so I'll give you mine first to give you a chance to get yours together if you don't already have it. I'm going to go Georgia, Ohio State, uh, Texas, and Clemson as my teams. Georgia, Ohio State, Texas, and Clemson as my playoff teams this year. Dad, how, how do you have it sitting for your playoff uh, four? Um, again, I think you could get two from the SEC, but I might agree with you on that. Ohio State, Georgia, um, Clemson, and I'm still pretty high on USC. So I'll put USC in there. All right. Very good. Uh, so we just disagree on, uh, Texas. I have Texas. You have USC. I got it written down so I can make fun of you later this year when I'm right and you're wrong. Uh, cause we know that's probably good. not, uh, <laughs> you and I are playing each other in fantasy baseball this week. Uh, an important battle for trying, you're trying to hold on to the two seed. I'm trying to catch you, uh, there. So that's going on. We've got, uh, fantasy football drafts coming up before too long. And uh, next week, we'll start getting into some NFL coverage as well to work towards uh, that. Major League Baseball news uh, quickly, Dad. Um, uh, what was I going to say? I don't even remember anymore. Uh, anyways, uh, Brewers won in the 10th inning today. That was exciting. Uh, always good to see. I'm beating Colorado. Uh, your Giants are looking pretty decent out there in the NL West, holding their own uh, over the uh, Diamondbacks. Five games out, though, from the Dodgers, Dad. Is, are the Dodgers going to win the West? Is it is it a foregone conclusion? Um, I mean, I, I had hopes that the Giants could catch them, but we'll see. I don't remember how many series we have left with the Dodgers. I would assume we at least have one. But, uh, yeah, I think the Dodgers are probably going to win the West. I hope the Giants can be the first wild card team, and I think that will um, be a good thing there. But, um, 
we're, you know, baseball is definitely interesting. You know, it's coming down in some ways it's getting a little clearer. Um, but on the other hand, there's going to be some real battles, um, you know, as we get to it there, just when you, um, you know, I, I listen to your show all the time, you and Kevin Wilson on Saturday, on Sunday. And just when you think this team's really starting to make a move and they stumble a little bit, or this team looks like they're dropping out of it, you know, Baltimore's kind of jumped back and been real strong again and teams like that. Uh, you guys get the Dodgers two more times. It's uh, two of your last three series of the season. Uh, so it's not till September 21st, a four-game series uh, with Los Angeles, and then you close out the season with a three-game series against Los Angeles uh, as well. I think the Dodgers win the West. I think the Braves win the East. I think the Brewers win the Central, even though the Cubs are only two games back, the Reds at two-and-a-half back. There in the AL, uh, you said it. Baltimore's consistently played well. Uh, they've been really solid, not letting the Rays catch back up to them. Uh, the Twins are kind of running away with the Central, and the Rangers are holding on to the West. They had two and a half up on the Astros. Um, to me, that's the most intriguing race right now in the American League is the Rangers versus the Astros. How do you feel that one's going to shake out? Um. It looks like the Rangers are going to hold on. I mean, we've thought all year the Astros were going to come up and catch them, but uh, I think the Rangers can hold on. If not, you know, um, the, I think one of those two teams could get in the wild card. You know, it didn't look that way for a while with the East, but I think one of the West teams will be a wild card team also. Uh, yeah, I mean, the Mariners have been playing really good, good baseball. The Angels, uh, they seem to be out of it. Um, crazy, absolutely crazy. Uh, okay. Tomorrow night, dad, uh, we're going to have a live late night edition of the sports stove local hour. going to come on at 10 o'clock tomorrow night. That's crazy. Uh, but that's when it worked out to get the players on. So we got a defensive line preview for EKU. You can tune in at 10 o'clock live on the sports stove YouTube page, or you can always catch it afterwards, uh, via the audio podcast on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast. Sunday night, we'll be live doing fantasy baseball talk, uh, gloating over my comeback win over Dad, uh, and uh, going through all that on Sunday night. And then Wednesday night, me and Dad will be back to talk sports right here, wherever you're catching us right now. Uh, we're there as well. Uh, you need to visit RighteousFelon.com. Get yourself some jerky. Use code BELLYUP. Get 15% off your purchase. Dad, anything else you want to add before we go? Um, well, you know, I'm glad we got the college football done. I think it's going to be an exciting college football season. Uh, um, I haven't kept up with all of it, but I'm, I'm really interested that apparently the legislators are trying to work on this NIL thing. And because I think if they could get some kind of rules and consistency, that would probably slow up the portal also. Um, and it would be better for college football. And it looks like um, looks like the consensus among the coaches and everybody is that something needs to be done. So hopefully they can get something worked out that, w that, will, that will help there. But they have to go to legislation because college NCAA has already screwed it up. So they, they can't go back and change it back now. So they're <laughs> hoping the government will come in and do something for them. Uh, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see if anything happens from that. Uh, okay, follow us on social media at Sports Stove on Twitter, Instagram, and Threads. Uh, make sure you 
uh, like, subscribe, share all that good stuff as well. Feel free to comment wherever you're watching this or on social media who you think will take on in the ASEC this year. Thank you for tuning in to today's edition of the Sports Stove Podcast. Until next time, we'll see you around the Sports Stove.